This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. On today's show, we'll look back at the uh, first quarter of the season and look forward to the last three quarters and determine who our most valuable Celtics are. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at WinningPlaysPod. Uh, shout out to CLNS Media, as always. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. Uh, and let's just get into it. Uh, Brian Robb, a resident Celtics beat writer. Actually, before we go to the to the MV Celtic talk, uh, you were just coming from practice today. It's it's Tuesday. And somehow the Celtics haven't played in like four or five days, but they are less healthy than they <laughs> were the last time they, they, they took the court. So can we have a quick... Uh, infirmary report from from practice well marcus smart is the first one i want to know about what's going on that's probably the most pressing situation uh so he had an eye infection and it turned into an eye infection in both eyes and hopefully it's not spreading anywhere else but uh (laughs) so he's at you know the timetable is seven to ten days and i think he's this is day eight for him in the recovery process so uh he is not traveling to dallas he's been obviously away from the team um, it's been a pretty rough situation. It sounds like, um, you know, I think it's just like you, you can't really open your eyes. You can't really do anything. He's quarantined um, right now. No, no one has seen him. Uh, I'm sure some hopefully some doctors and trainers <laughs> have seen him. But beyond that, yes, I don't think uh, anyone of the subs have seen him. But yeah, so he is, I'd say, you know, best case scenario, he's back Friday. Um, realistically, it might be Sunday. Um, so that's number one. And Pina, then, real, Pina, real quick, don't you think that if any player in the Celtics was going to go like blood sport and have to play a game totally blind and just trust their instincts, that, that it would be Marcus Smart? Any player in the history of professional <laughs> sports, maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he, he gets my vote. So worst case scenario, he'll play a couple games blind. Just, I think, I just think throw some right. goggles on there. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, what, what could go wrong? Um, and then, yeah, so that's, not, that's a minor issue, it seems like. But the... Uh, and I guess these are other minor issues too, but still a uh, hit to the Celtics depth chart was, you know, Rob Williams is out for the last week and a half anyway with uh, a hip issue. And now uh, that's been diagnosed as a, a bone bruise in the hip. So he's out for at least three weeks, potentially more. It sounds like um, if they're saying they're reevaluating in three weeks. And then yesterday, uh, Vincent uh, mm. was fighting with Daniel Tice for rebound. And uh, apparently Tice broke his pinky. And so he's out for six weeks. So, again, those two guys, I mean, it's not, you know, obviously a huge hit to the direct rotation here. But as far as opportunity goes and um, for Vincent or either of those guys to kind of show what they can do, that that's clearly not going to happen in the next few weeks here. Did you uh, did you tweet out that this was Vincent said this is his first ever basketball injury in his career? Yes. Yes. He is apparently uh, Iron That's Man, incredible. Right. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played basketball a ton in his life. I think he switched to it late, but that's still pretty. He's still like in his mid twenties now. So picked up a ball six months ago, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like the pinky is like his his Achilles because six weeks with a broken pinky that seems that seems like a lot for the Iron Man. Well, I guess maybe it'll be he's having surgery. The Celtics say six weeks, so it might be closer to four based on how Gordon Hayward's recovery went. Um, but yeah, not. I mean, tough break for him because this obviously was going to be a situation where. He was going to get a chance at some point with Rob Williams out, um, but now you're looking. Now it's kind of the Grant Williams show. I think if anything else, right now, Mike, like they're going to find out what they have in Grant Williams because he's going to get a lot of chances. I feel like on nights when 
you know, Tice doesn't have it and you're playing small ball teams because, you know, Cantor can't guard the, you know, the stretch fives of the world, obviously. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they match up against the, the Mavs, particularly if the Mavs play Boban. That's going to be, <laughs> that could be really... Well, uh, we didn't bring up Taco Fall here, who will be with the team for that matchup. So Yes, that is true. And if we get Taco versus Boban, I mean, that's just that just end the nba right, right there that's the peak right there you're not beating that competition um so yeah it'll be fun but but I, I i am excited to see grant williams in those small lineups with him at the five that should be really interesting and then after dallas that's home game against detroit so then you got drummond and blake then charlotte with you know i mean zeller and biombo i know you love biombo <laughs> mike and then uh, and then it's at toronto so some some big teams coming up yeah it's definitely big teams it's I mean, to be honest, I think Tice and Cantor and Grant Williams, these are the three best centers for this roster right now anyway. I feel like so. Um, Rob Williams had shown highlights, you know, some throughout his year, but I don't think he had been as consistent as people would have hoped right now. So as far as team success goes, I think this is okay, but it's also, you know, you're pretty thin if if someone else gets hurt or foul trouble pops up then you're going to be you know looking at Shemi Ojale playing center or something like that hmm yikes you, <laughs> but I mean, and, maybe Marcus will be back by then exactly or Marcus Smart <laughs> at the five so that will be for those who want to see small lineups uh get ready right now before we get into the MVP discussion as well not that any of these injuries will really impact the Celtics trade situation but trade season is here guys officially December 15th was on Sunday so pretty much the whole league barring a few exceptions can be traded right now does how the team fared we didn't really talk about this much last week with the you know the Embiid situation a couple tough losses the Sixers and the Pacers but when you're looking for upgrades right now for this group are you is there any area you want to address specifically in the next four or six weeks or like want to have more clarity on, or are you more of the mind being like, you know, this team is better off just going with what they have because there's not going to be anyone attainable. That's going to make a, a meaningful difference. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm fine with them rolling with what they have letting the younger guys get experience and and filling roles with opportunity like we just talked about with Grant playing the five which is something he'll need to ultimately do at the NBA level if he wants to kind of maximize his potential long term so I, I think that that's just great for him and otherwise like to win a championship then I mean this team probably needs a few things uh, but just in the here and now uh, I, I'm fine with everybody kind of figuring themselves out in their role. This team hasn't really been super healthy, so let everybody be healthy. Let everybody merge. I want to see Jalen and Gordon and Tatum on the court at the same time for meaningful minutes and see how that goes and and just roll with it. I'm, I think I'm, I have more confidence in the, the big man rotation, as tattered as it is, than uh, I did certainly before the season began you know the the fact that boston has had a top 10 defense for the entire season pretty much is really telling so just in the here and now i'm fine with them rolling with what they have and and kind of seeing how it coalesces is that is that tice that's kind of 
pushed you in the right direction on that on the big man front yeah i mean i don't want to spoil anything but oh no really (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) i love it okay yeah don't please don't spoil anything um and i yeah i mean and and when it comes down to player for player deals that's and we've talked about this before it's just like you're ultimately going to end up breaking even because to 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 give someone up that's going to bring someone on that's going to help you know, it just doesn't really make a difference because you're in the same place you were. But if you're gonna, if you're willing to trade one of those first round picks, like who who are some of the guys? And we talked about them, like Bertans. We mentioned Rudy Gay. Is there? I've mentioned JJ Redick. I don't know if, if the money will work. Is there anyone else lingering, B Rob, that you think uh, might yeah, move like, the needle a little bit? I mean, it's it's going to be tough with the salary constraints because um, you don't have much to you want to send out. Obviously, because I think your top five guys aren't going anywhere. Tyson Cantor have played well enough where you're, both of them are probably not going anywhere unless it's like a really impactful addition. So just random names to throw out there as far as like, I think shooting, adding another shooting name might be more preferable for me right now if I was going to make a move than a big, just based on what the market provides. So some names that I think we brought up each one more before. I feel like he's going to be on the move. Um, Marco Bellinelli probably has nothing left in San Antonio, but if he's bought out, that's someone I'd look at. Is is Alec Burks in Golden State, Mike? Like, is is he kind of having? He makes only one point six million dollars. So that's why he's interesting to me. Um, or is that just empty numbers on a really bad team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly haven't been watching too much of the Golden State Warriors because I flipped to them the other night and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein and Kevon Looney were in the starting lineup and I was like, no, hard Together? pass. <laughs> Together. I was like, no, I'm not going to I'm not gonna subject myself to this right now. So, Life's too short. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, I, I in the... Like throughout his career, I've I've kind of he's been one of those guys who I was just kind of waiting to break out because there's just a lot, lot there's a lot to like about his game. Right. He's never really been you know a high volume three point shooter this year. He's kind of doubled his career average from deep, averaging four threes a game, shooting a decent shooting them at a decent clip. Um, he's shifty. The thing about him is he just can't stay healthy. So it's, I mean, it's not a huge deal if you were to acquire someone like that um, at that cost. But it de- obviously depends on what you would give up to get yeah, him. Like, and then, yeah, not a first round pick, obviously, but a, no, you know, no a chance. Second. Yeah, no chance. Um, so maybe if you were doing like a, like honestly, he's like a protected second. I, like I, that's what I would give up for him personally. So. Um, so yeah, I don't really think that there would be too much interest, and I don't really know what his role would be on the Celtics either. I think it would just be an alternative to Brad Wanamaker and Ojale in like when you need offense, like just they right. need like against the Sixers, like just some production out of the bench. I think it's the biggest thing. Like right now, I think you have a, a solid eight man rotation when everyone's good, with including or seven I should say with Smart um, and Cantor coming off the bench. And then the question is, you know, Wanmaker and Ojale, like, those are fine pieces. And believe me, I'm there's no bigger advocate than Wanmaker than me. But, like, <laughs> when you're going against playoff teams with speed and size, you probably need some better creators, just better outside shooters. Um, and finding someone, whether it's a Burks, whether, I mean, another cheap guy, Damian Dotson, New York, he's younger, but, like... I like Damian he, Dotson. He, he, he always seems to, like 
be a thorn in the Celtics side when they play him and is only making $1.6 million. And then if you want to go more of a stretch biggie type, like would I wouldn't hate giving up a like late first-round pick for Saric if Phoenix turns into a seller. Like he's That's a restricted free agent coming up. Even if you don't want to keep him, you at least have control there. Um, and that could, again, if the Wizards are in love with Bertans and you need another stretch big there, I, something like that where you add offense uh, could make a difference there. I have another Michael Pina favorite who's shooting 49% from three-point land this year. You know who I'm going to say, Mike? Marcus Morris? Uh, no, it's unbelievable that he is. that. That's correct. He's shooting 47%. But uh, Rodney Hood. Oh wait, he got he got hurt. Didn't he? Yeah, he, he tore oh, yeah. Hey, at least I at least I said that. I said it before yeah. you guys reminded me. Yeah. I'm just looking at the stats here and got excited because I know how much you like him. Yeah. He's definitely um, available. Yes, he is. Then the other guys, uh, I mean, Tony Snell shooting a high percentage. Langston uh, Galloway is shooting yep. pretty well from three. Yep. Markeith uh, Morris. I don't, are you gonna bring another Morris? He's only making three point two million. I don't know if they want to go down that road again but as far as i think he's shooting over 40 percent for the detroit which seems like i mean blake's going for another he had another knee situation the other night now so they could really be they got to things but like, yeah i mean they, they should they be blowing things out i think but but i mean not a lot of pieces what about I mean, clay thompson he's having a good year yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think things will get interesting here more when in the next few weeks with as more teams out west fall out of it so like maybe some san antonio pieces and phoenix pieces etc become available um but for now it's not there's not a lot out there that's worth moving a first round pick for um but the guys that are, are still intriguing to me because i don't know with this again based you know Ainge hasn't made a real trade at the deadline for three or four years now and last for as much as you want to i'm all for sticking with the young guys this year but i think this group is good enough where you you owe it to them to brad stevens to at least give them a chance against the bucks and the sixers and i think to give yourself a better chance adding a guy for a first round pick when you're not going to even need that guy next year anyway a late first round pick here um like why not when the league is more open than ever this year yeah it's not yeah. not the expense of the future though still yeah you know what I mean? but like what's a late first round pick for this team like, what's that guy going to do next year? He's not going to play. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Royce O'Neal. I just don't yeah. think any of these guys, like, move the needle at all, personally. And I would rather, like, I'm, I'm, I I don't know if any, if any of these guys will, like, getting to the finals, maybe. I, I mean, I don't think Royce O'Neal is the difference between getting to the finals <laughs> or not, but... Uh, I could see them getting to the finals with a little bit of injury luck, um, even without a trade, to be honest. But then, like, beating the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals, I just that's just a tougher pill to swallow, I think. So I don't, I don't know what their mentality is and what, what their odds, how they view themselves internally in terms of uh, win probability of actually winning it all versus you know hoarding the picks and keeping them going forward but are, are they going to be in better positions though mike in like a year or two like in terms of those even if things go right with the complexion of the league who the hell knows i mean lebron 
will be 37 in a couple of years. Uh, AD will be on the New York Knicks. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, who, like, seriously, who knows? I mean, PG and Kawhi are free agents in two years. They could bounce. Giannis could go to the Western, could go to the Warriors. Like, I, I, Lord knows. Lord knows. <laughs> but you could lose Hayward. Like, mm. you know, there's you you have a salary structure now where you you have these guys with smart on really good deals and that may not be possible another year or two and the memphis pick is not looking like it's going to be it looks like it's coming this year now based on how they're looking so that's another asset that you can't count on for another elite town coming in um down the road I, i based on how last year went i'm more of like you don't sacrifice the future you don't trade away the top pieces but like you should be more willing to move a late first round pick if it can help you get to the finals in a year like this where Durant's out and yeah, you need some luck, some injury luck, but so does everyone on their way to the finals. That's not going to be, you know, that's going to happen for anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that based on how Tatum and Jalen has, have played so far that that might adjust their calculus going forward, knowing that those guys are going to be, a part of the organization unless they decide they're not so i I, like the the leaps that those guys made may make it so that they would like to keep as many as many options as and as many assets available as possible but who knows it is it's a fast it'll be a fascinating and a lot can change in the next six weeks here so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but all right uh who wants to set us up here for some mvp Celtics talk. How are we gonna set this up here? What's our what's our criteria? I'll, I'll do it, but first let me just remind both you guys that football and basketball seasons are in full swing, and uh, you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to the Start Betting College and Professional Ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season. You can bet on propositions like who will make the college football playoff. Who will win the NFL MVP, which I think is probably uh, pretty much over at this point. But uh, get the fastest two market Brady? odds. What's that? Is it Brady? Brady, yeah. Either Brady or, uh, or Mike Nugent. Get the fastest <laughs> two market odds, updates, and payouts with our new Sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today on your mobile device or your desktop to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, yeah, so I guess moving forward with this most valuable Celtic talk, I guess, you know, we obviously can consider the what we've seen so far this year. But I think also like what we need to see moving forward. Is that a, a way to say it? Maybe for the Celtics to reach their, their highest potential, which is, you know, by the way, I know you said that they could face the Lakers in the finals, Mike, that Lakers need to make the playoffs before. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I was going to save we, a playoff check for later. I was yeah, hoping, we, we, have, we have that. But um, <laughs> have they, yeah. what's their, their magic number is like five now to make the playoffs? <laughs> At least. But, real quick, do you, do you know, who, who do you give the most credit for, for who the Lakers are today? <laughs> what, what kind of a question is this? Who gets most the most credit? for the Lakers turnaround or turning them into what they are right now. LeBron James. Well, but Del, who who what Del what Dems. executive was LeBron James was critical in bringing LeBron James on. Mr. Magic Johnson. Yeah, the, it was all magic. LeBron, <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> um 
Yeah, okay. So let's do our, our top three most valuable Celtics. And I mean, mine were more sort of based on what we've seen so far this year, but I think they kind of work moving forward as well. Um, Can I start with my third, yeah. my number three? I, can't, I, know, we, I think we all know what it is, but go for it. I don't think so. I, I mean, it's not a crazy one. Is, is um, it your, your tease from earlier in the show? It, that was a joke. Um, oh, damn. Oh, I thought that was real. That guys, was, come I'm on. Excited. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> um, my, my number three is uh, Gordon Hayward. And so I have him here because uh, I basically was operating under the premise of uh, not necessarily what he's shown so far this season, even though what he has shown in his minutes, he's played 337 minutes this year. Uh, what he has shown is an all-star level wing who's extremely versatile, who makes plays for others, who's aggressive, who can shoot, who's efficient. So I really love what I've seen so far from him, and the team has been really good with him on the floor and pretty good with him uh, off relatively, but a lot of a lot of the on-off numbers are pretty wonky, except for one guy who we'll definitely be talking about later. Um, so... Uh, I just I've loved everything that I've seen from Gordon. I think that just on a pure talent standpoint, for the rest of this season at least, I would say he's one of the three best players on the team, which might be a little controversial, but I would take him uh, in a lot of different ways. I'm really comfortable uh, with him slotting into different roles, and I think he makes everybody around him better. And it's really difficult to spot any specific weaknesses in his game that would prevent him from being on the floor in crunch time or getting benched for uh, a mental mistake or uh, anything like that. So he's my number three. I think if they were to lose him for the rest of the year, it would be pretty tough to replace what he brings to the table. Okay. I think yeah, that's I have, solid. I have no argument with that. He's not in my top three just strictly based on, you know, factoring in what he's done. But I have, I have no question if we're going for the rest of the season, for his MVP, I'd, I honestly would expect him to be number two on this list. I think his play in that game against Philly on Thursday um, was just showed what he his importance on kind of both sides of the floor and someone who can get a good look when he needs to in tight spots. And once with the three-point shot coming around as well with him coming back, I think he hit a couple in that game. Like He's just the, the Swiss Army knife this team needs right now and is continuing his all-star level we saw before the injury. Do you want to go next? I, can, I, can I just say, I, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league right now. I think he's he's that good. Right. Which is, again, why, not to harp on it too much, but it I feel like this is a unique window for this team right now. Because, again, you don't know, you have all these guys under control. You don't know what Gordon's future is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not to take us off track there, but... He, if he keeps playing like this, he is going to get, he's going to want max money next year, and that's something that I'm not sure the Celtics are going to offer him. I'm not sure where else he could get it, but he's playing like a max level player right now. And while the can I make a prediction? Yeah, I predict he opts in. I mean, that's great news for the Celtics if he does. I think. I think he opts in because no teams that he would be. That would be in, he would be interested in going to have max space to pay right. him, right? That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's would... betting on himself a little bit, but you know, when you're in line to make thirty four million by opting in, you know, that's a that's a decent option, and and to play with presumably one of the top you know 
three teams in the in the East, which will presumably only be better next year. Right. What What would you consider offering him if you're the Celtics to get him to opt out, but stay long term this off season? Like I mean, three would... three ninety, like three eighty four. Would you feel comfortable with, or is that too much? I mean, he's going to be what thirty one this off season, or just thirty? Just thirty. I would be fine. I mean, if he wants to opt in, let him opt in, and then we can talk. Let let him play an entire season healthy. We'll see what the team does at the end of this year and at the end of next year, and then get back to the table with his bird rights. Like that's what I would do. But like, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really have. Because you wouldn't I, want him long term. I mean, if I, no, it's not that I don't want him. It's just like I, if I do want him long term, I want him on a contract that I can trade and trade easily as a positive asset and i don't think that we'll be in the same ballpark with each other in that conversation so if he wants to opt in let him opt in if he opts out then we can cross that bridge when we get there that'll be a fascinating negotiation i feel like this summer given the complexion of the league um and just the lack of appealing teams out there but i like your prediction mike thank you it's amazing 6.1 rebounds a game for him this year it's pretty easily his his career high that's impressive it's playing power forward yeah with Jalen that's you know that's what they need from him that's how they if he can sustain that and Jalen can sustain that they are a very tricky matchup for all these teams in the east Rich who's and, your number three uh my number three is Mr. Winning Plays Marcus Smart oh okay wonderful Whoa. he was not on my list so this will be yeah. a fun conversation yeah, I mean, and again, it, 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 and it's hard. To, it's hard to go to the the numbers, but and and, and a lot of mine was just for for the, this, these first uh, handful of games this season. You know, the guy who was he was there for every played every game of that ten game winning streak, uh, just does everything right. A guy you never you never worry about shying away from the moment. A guy who can who can jump on any defensive assignment at any point. Um, and you know, and I was just about to say this about Gordon before we, we moved on, but you know, him and Gordon, it's a toss up between the best playmaker probably on the Celtics right now. Uh, and obviously the three point shooting came back to earth a little bit before the, this, this run of injuries, mm, a but lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's back down to, I think 33%, 33%. Um, but he is 100, he, you, you don't leave Marcus Smart open anymore, right? Right. You're, you're guarding Marcus Smart. Like it's it, it's not it's not a uh, it's not a hole in the in the offense anymore. Yeah, you know, and I and I just think so. They're they're 15 and five with 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 Marcus this year, and uh, I think you you saw it in the in the Philly game. I think I think that they that they missed him. Um, so yeah, so and that's the guy just moving forward. You know, he's been there. You know, he's not. You know, he's he's a guy in, in in the playoffs that when you need that. Whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, just that extra level of of toughness, I think of leadership. A, 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 yeah, exactly. I think an un dis, under discussed uh, subplot from last year's postseason was the fact that they didn't really have Marcus Smart in the second round. Yep. Um, and I wonder how much of the loopy things that were going on on the court would have evaporated with someone like him directing traffic and and shouting at people and people barking let me let me stop you there (laughs) i think (laughs) i think Kyrie gets benched if marcus is actually healthy in that Mm. series now thinking about it because when you look at it it's like okay they could have played you're gonna bench Kyrie for for terry no 
But if you could have just been like, all right, we're putting smart. We're just going all defense here, and we're going to give ourselves a chance. I think Brad probably would have, in hindsight, would have done that. I think he would have considered it. I still don't think he would have done it just because it just – I don't think it was in him. But um, but I, I, when I look at Marcus, like, I, the, the value – like, all the, the three-point shooting is, like, what wonderful. Um, all the offensive – Stats that have improved throughout his career are great. Uh, the playmaking is not to be overlooked. It, it's just like in the playoffs when you have someone like that defensively who can you can throw on anyone without worry. I just think that's humongously valuable. And so that's, I mean, it's a good call to have him on this list. He's not on mine right now, um, which speaks to Boston's depth and, and talent at the top. But the defensive value is just through the roof with him. There aren't too many guys in the league, if any, who can do what he can do on that side of the ball. And the value of, you know, we talk about sometimes, like, hey, how, what's, what are the Celtics going to do with their starting lineup? They don't want to upset Jalen and, and bring him off the bench. You don't want to insult Gordon. Or, but uh, Marcus is the guy you just tell him what you need, and he'll do it. And that's that's valuable in a different way. Mm-hmm. No question about that. And uh, the one thing that did drag him down out of my top three was the fact that I feel like he was playing through injuries. Um, and trying to do too much outside his normal. Like when he was playing, you know, before the Hayward injury where he could literally just be setting guys up and playing defense and not having to carry the offense for that load, that's when he was at his best, and then that's when things kind of went haywired a little bit after that. So when this team is at full strength and he can play to his strengths, that is, you know, I'd say during those first 10 or 15 games, he was as much the MVP as anyone. In, on this team in that in that run be um your number three my number three a guy we haven't been mentioned yet but i feel like deserves some attention jalen brown um just having we uh, hate him out here on this podcast yeah exactly actually, just not discuss him can't believe no. you brought him up <laughs> i mean I, i've come i've come full circle more than anyone else in this podcast on jalen brown um in the last two years, I know I was. I'm waiting for the Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder. I will. We'll see if he's uh, confirmed. Jalen Brown is better than Jay Crowder. Uh, well, we'll see what Jay Crowder later. gets on the market this summer before yeah, we jump could, to conclusions. He might get him back. That's a trade candidate. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> Come play behind Gordon for sure. Jalen. Uh, so, so Jalen, he's got your number three. Yeah. So it kind of he had a bad game against Philly the other night, but the fact we got on from that like just for one bad game speaks to in my mind just how consistent he's been and good he's been across the board almost for the rest of the year career highs in almost every single category 19 and 7 per game um shooting 50 percent from the field 37 from three on five attempts per game nearly four three throw attempts per game uh, career high, 73% from the line. That's, I think, a big number, too, that number going up after languishing in the 60s. And you can you can finally count on him every night. He, it's It's been a struggle, obviously, through last year, and finding his, you know, having to wait his turn, essentially, and going through the benching and just playing a far lower limited role and getting benched in crunch, crunch time as well. But now, now there's, like, not a second thought to being like, okay, He's going to be on the floor at the end of games. He's making big shots and doing, and just as essentially the most efficient high-volume scorer on the roster right now outside of Gordon, and that's pretty 
impressive for him given the company on this team. I like it. Uh, I, I, he's not on my list. Rich, is he on your list? No, he's not on my list. Okay. Yeah. I'll say that you know I'm I'm just you know looking at his numbers now. It it is I'm gonna say concerning, but just a little maybe a reason that he's that he's not on my list is that his three you know oh, worst geez. games this this season, <laughs> the two the two Philly games and then at the Clippers, you know. I mean foul the, foul trouble in that first game. In the first game, sure, and then uh, you know three of fourteen at the Clippers and you know the sort of kind of no show uh, at home versus Philly. Um, but that's obviously just nitpicking. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. You look at every and, and and like you said, it's just you don't. I'm I'm looking right now before before that game against Philly, the most recent one. His points were 28, 31, 21, 20, and eighteen. That's five straight games. And in those games, he had you know eight rebounds, seven rebounds, seven rebounds. So he's you know he's doing it, and he had eight assists in that in that Indiana game before yeah. before falling out, uh, which is a huge step for him. I think that's one point that maybe he's like, you know, both him and Tatum, I think, have improved with their with their court vision and playmaking a little bit. I think he's still maybe a little bit behind Tatum on that level. But um, but yeah, I mean, to see that and not even be completely shocked by it anymore, it's obviously a testament to how far he's come. Um, and I think he probably still has he's still only 23. You know, he still has he still has uh, a little bit to go. It's it, it's exciting. But I he's mean, still not my top Tatum, three. He's not getting the opportunities Tatum gets for well, as far as like featured option. Yeah, well, in these games, so it was for, for a reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and when and you I, talk about most valuable, maybe when you already do have Gordon and Tatum there, maybe that you know, right. as, I mean, as it pertains reason. specifically to the Celtics, maybe it takes away from his value a little bit. But he's ridiculous; like he's a borderline All Star at the very least this year. To counter your bad game point, Rich. Uh, Jalen's best games this year, 31 points at home against Miami, 25 against Toronto, and 25 at home against Dallas. And 11 rebounds in that Dallas game. And 11 too. rebounds in that Dallas So he is, he doesn't make a habit of not showing up for big games, which is, uh, again, good news for this team. Uh, shameless, Mike. real quick, shameless plug. I wrote a story about Bam Adebayo, and in that Celtics game, I was actually not rooting against Jalen Brown per se, but Bam was <laughs> guarding him from the jump, and I was hoping I could fit something like from that matchup in my story. But then Jalen kind of like went off, and I was like, "All right, yikes!" <laughs> <laughs> Bury the yeah, tape for that one. Bam did not have a great game. No, no. But that um, story seemed to do very well, Mike. Thank you. It was I over a hundred, over a hundred retweets on your on your first uh, post. Uh, Everybody, go read it at sbnation.com. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, are we moving on to number twos now? Yeah, number two. Okay. That's, um, the, number, that's the number two ding. Yes. In the background. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, to let everybody know. My number two is uh, Kemba Walker. And, I mean, what can you not say about Kemba's been great. I feel like he's lived up to the, the, the max contract after that first game where the sky was falling against Philadelphia and he looked too small. Uh, he just does a lot of the things that this team needs out of that position. He's uh, always a threat to pull up from deep. He's what I think is really interesting about how they've incorporated him into the offense. On, in particular, is just you know this team has not traditionally been a pick and roll ball handling team where the ball handler will finish possessions. And you know the the past three years heading into this one, they were fourteen point six percent. Uh, 
within 14.6 pointing 14.7 percent for three straight years and then this year they've jumped all the way up to 21 which is near the top of the league uh, and that's all because of Kemba, and they're the second most efficient team in in pick as a pick pick and roll ball handling team behind just the Dallas Mavericks, who have Luka Doncic. So uh, Kemba's been great. Their offense dies when he's off the floor. Uh, their offense is great when he's on the floor. And I, I think just when you talk about value, there's only so many guys who you could actually replace them with if they miss time. I mean, Marcus Smart has playmaking ability, but. You know, I think that he, they would structurally have to change almost how they play offense because of how important Kemba has been. Yeah, I mean, he is—he's my number one. Mine um, too, actually. So that's, but that's I like the 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 contrast of opinion there because I think you can make a case for both him and obviously Tatum, who's my number two. I assume it's your number two as well, Rich. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Kemba for me. It's just the the playmaking he provides. The he's coming into a new environment, and we've seen tough transitions for guys who've played their whole career somewhere. Um, I guess like Horford, I feel like he had uh, just like an okay first twenty games in Boston when he started his career here. For Kemba, I just feel like the transition has been as close to seamless as possible. And beyond the on court stuff that you mentioned, Mike, just the the off court dynamics of him have been well documented but i think they matter he's the leader of the team he's the leader of the team he is as humble as they come for a player of his stature and as hardworking as they come and i feel like they are just scratching the surface of him as well since even in that sixers game you still saw how much finding better ways to use him against tough matchups like that finding his spots and you know just those two performances where again he he has, what was it, 44 against Indy and comes right back with, you know, near 30 before kind of running out of the gas at the end of the back-to-back. But, again, uh, bringing it, everything you want to the table in those situations and working his butt off on defense despite his limitations, that's kind of what this team needs for consistency every night, and that's why they've been in every single game all year, Rich, I feel like, because of, of that consistency. Yeah, consistency and like you said, that selflessness that that you mentioned, and allowing Tatum and Jalen and and Gordon too to to find them, to refine themselves and spread their wings a little bit, but still manage to get his like still leading the team in scoring, you know, also uh, leading the team in fourth quarter scoring, which I think is big. He's just bar- barely out, out of the. Uh, it depends if you want to count Kyrie. I don't think we should based on how many games he's played, but eleven basically eleventh in the NBA in, in fourth quarter points per game this year. Uh, one interesting stat that I just it doesn't really mean anything, but I stumbled on. Uh, only he, Harden, and Giannis are scoring more fourth quarter points than they're playing fourth quarter minutes this season, which is kind of mm. interesting. Um, and he's also playing uh, fewer minutes than any season since his rookie year. So you know, I think it's nice they're not they're not running him into the ground, and that hopefully this can be sort of a long haul situation for the season. But yeah, and again, like I, I mentioned, Kyrie and just coming off that and just seeing what that did last year, and that was all the talk coming into this season how that was going to be different and it really has been the polar opposite and it just comes down to Kemba and who he is and how he carries himself and again what he's actually able to do in the court which is pretty unbelievable and he's still and I'm glad that 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 two of us had him at number one because he still doesn't get the attention he probably deserves just because he's so willing to sort of 
take a and to take a, a, a not a back seat but just a side seat and he's still the one that, that that's out there after big games talking to the media right he's he, he's great is he always he's always at his locker after the games or is, did they do a podium situation with him yeah yeah he's work? talked to every game um you know there's people like mike Pina out there disrespecting him but it's just <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what drives him but but are there are, is every is every player usually available after the game or is kemba among yeah the no, most everyone consistent? everyone is that's the there's been no player who's like skipped media this year for the celtics after uh i mean there haven't been many tough losses but everyone's been accountable that's kind of a a team-wide thing and um that is again Kyrie, it was kind of the case like that last year too. There wasn't, um, but it, you can see just the the way everyone handles themselves is uh, is is different, um, top to bottom. And I feel like it kind of starts with Kemba there. And he's also uh, also tied for third in the, in the league this year in fourth quarter three pointers made. So that's just I mean, a, you know forty uh, percent from three while taking over nine a game is ridiculous. Um, I don't know if that can sustain. That's well above his career average of 36%, but obviously more better looks this year than Charlotte. Um, all right, but let's wrap things up with Mike's number one here because um, we haven't talked about Mr. Tatum yet, and he has a case for number one too, I feel like. Yeah, um, well, I have Tatum number one. It was him and Tice, and <laughs> it was really difficult. No, um, I, had, I, I was splitting hairs between Kemba and Tatum, and basically... Like the what what kind of put it over the edge is just their on-off numbers when one guy is on the floor, with and without the other, and so I mean when Kemba's on the floor without Tatum, the Celtics have actually have a negative point differential. They they first of all they when they're both on the floor, the Celtics are great. They outscore point, opponents by twelve point four points per one hundred possessions, which basically means that they are the Milwaukee Bucks. When uh, Tatum is on the floor without Kemba that actually goes up to 14 so you know why because he's playing with Brad Wanamaker exactly (laughs) um (laughs) number four on my list by the way the 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 like the defense just uh, defense has been a factor I think uh with Kemba at least it's not that he doesn't try hard or anything like that but uh it's been a little bit of an issue uh, is Bam out of bio texting you right now? Yeah, who's who's blowing you up right now? I, I yeah, uh, me and Bam have been. Te- I, I mean, can you can you throw it on? Do not disturb. He he. Uh, yeah, I I'm trying right now my hardest, but I'm trying to get through this point before <laughs> catastrophe. Um, no, so I I mean I have I have uh, uh, a Tatum number one just because of 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 those reasons defensively. Uh, I think he's uh, a, a humongously more important player and valuable player than Kemba, and he can do a l- not everything that Kemba can do offensively, but uh, he can do different sorts of things. And I feel like as the year goes on, uh, he'll only get better. Uh, whereas uh, you know Kemba's just kind of Kemba, and that's who he is in his career, and that's wonderful. But uh, you, you look at just league-wide, something like real plus-minus. Jason Tatum is sixth in the league, uh, plus-minus, regular plus-minus. He's you know he's leap, lapping the field. He's like plus two something, and no one else is above plus one thirty or something like that with the Celtics. So he's just they they play they're they're great when he's on the floor, and they're not great when he's off the floor, and that just is the d- definition of value for me. Yeah, and I guess when it comes down to splitting hairs, I just felt like. Like you said, that Kemba has been Kemba. Like he's been everything the Celtics want, and 
the Celtics need a little bit more from Tatum. So that's why I didn't want to give him the number one slot. I want to give him number two, give him something to, to strive for a little bit because he still has, has I mean, room to grow. And it's scary to say, but, you know, not even just moving moving forward for years to come, like this year. You know, for the Celtics to be as good as they can be, Tatum needs to be better. He needs to be a little bit more consistent. Um, I think he needs to, I've said this before, I think he needs to get to the foul line a little bit more, take it to the hoop as opposed to, you know, especially in that, that Thursday game where he kept on settling for that weird floater. But I saw, I actually saw this this stat on, on Reddit. Uh, of the top 30 scorers in the NBA this year, only five guys uh, are, getting fewer, are getting fewer points from the foul line than Tatum. Um, that's like CJ McCollum, Buddy Heel, Tobias Harris, Evan Fournier. So, you know, those are not guys that you want to have in the same necessary breath as Tatum when you're talking about actually leading one of the top teams in the league and, and, and scoring and, uh, and whatever. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Tatum's been amazing. I, it's, it's hard to really criticize him, but I just think he needs to get a little bit tougher. He needs to get a little bit, uh, I don't want to say like killer instinct because he does step up and take those big shots. But he just has room to grow, whereas Kemba has been the best that you could have imagined. That was fair. the difference maker for me. All fair. Yeah. yeah. Just shoot better than 40% Tatum, and then you're, you're number one. <laughs> I mean, I mean the plus-minus numbers are ridiculous. And it's it's throughout his whole career, which is the exciting part for the Celtics. I'm actually going to be writing something on this in the coming weeks of just how he's consistently been at the top of plus-minus and all his three years here and there's obviously been a lot of good players here but he keeps topping that list for a reason i feel like uh but at the same time yeah like the you know 40 percent from the field with 18 shots a game like that just needs to get better um and it can it will get better um all signs say it will but uh and then you know consistency like jalen brown i think you know he wasn't for some of these big games where he doesn't have it and maybe it forces it a little too much offensively or doesn't have their head in the game completely on defense. There's, there's room for growth there. Cause there's obviously more potential. So, but with all that said, uh, easy number two and could easily been number one, um, as Mike had him. So a full, uh, full seven rebounds a game this year. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yep. Um, all right, well, that's going to, put a wrap on it we'll, we'll we'll revisit this discussion i feel like uh maybe every two months we'll say maybe we'll do a check-in around the trade deadline because i think it's a it's an interesting thing to debate uh to see how these lists will fluctuate or not uh over the course of the season on a team that has so many uh key pieces but uh we'll be back with you guys uh for a pre-christmas podcast uh probably early next week i'm guessing checking yeah. on the more, the more rodney hood rumors might might yeah we'll see might what ronnie's health situation we'll check on ronnie's <laughs> health situation we'll check on the lakers playoff oh, situation and um <laughs> we'll see and then hopefully we'll see if marcus smart is back on the floor as well and as the seas have a a fun test down in dallas and uh a couple uh other uh, uh detroit charlie not the most exciting slate of games but uh key nonetheless with a see what a full squad looks like for this group